Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing from the City of Angels in Los Angeles and typically from the Big Apple in New York City. Uh, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host who isn't here today because she had some other obligations, Adrian Gruberg at the Caregiver Space. And it's always a sad day when we uh, don't have Adrian. We miss her. Coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26, count them, 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and a whole bunch more. And I just want to say that we're so proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM. And number two, Caregiver Podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60. And number two, Caregiver Podcast on Caring Village out of thousands. And we have an especially exciting guest planned for you today. We're talking about the mystery behind Robin Williams' fight against Louis Body Dementia. Louis Body Dementia. That's a tongue twister. And there have been a lot of controversy about how just how Robin Williams died. Some said, well, it was dementia. Some said it was uh, depression. Some say other things. But uh, I think Dr. Russell Lebowitz, uh, CBO, CEO and co-founder of Amprion, I hope I'm saying that right, leads the company to launch breakthrough testing for Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and neurodegenerative, neurodegenerative, boy, I got marbles in my mouth today, diseases. All right, enough of that. Dr. Lebowitz, uh, I'm pronouncing your name right. Am I? Yes, great. Thank you. Lebowitz. Welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. And let me start by congratulating you on all of the recognition that oh, you've been getting you. for your work. I'll just pat myself on the back. Thank you. <laughs> and I always like to ask my guests just who is Dr. Russell Lebowitz and why was he placed on this earth? Yeah, well, you know, I'd like to think at this point it's to leave the world a significantly better place than when I came. And one good way to do that is by helping other people. And my background is in science and medicine. So my goal is to use the education and skills that I've acquired to help people live better lives and largely by helping people who have problems and diseases figure out what's going on and help to solve them. Wow, that's a nice uh, answer. <laughs> I appreciate that. We're all trying to help the world be a better place, aren't we? And um, I just want to commend you on that. So let's get started. Um, what Before we even talk about Robin, what is Lewy body dementia? LBD is what they call it, right? Not LSD, but LBD. Uh, what, who, what causes it and who can get it? Sure. So... Lewy body dementia is really something that's been recognized maybe over the last 40 years or so. And it's a form of dementia that affects approximately 
15% of the total dementia population. Wow. And, and so it's a pretty significant number. And what it is, is it's a very complicated and it's, it's a bad actor even for a dementia. There are three different aspects to Lewy body dementia. One is dementia, very similar in some ways. It's a neurodegenerative loss of cognitive abilities, loss of memory, loss of executive function. So you have a cognitive decline. You also have motor issues. So Lewy body dementia in many ways is related to Parkinson's. It's like dementia with Parkinson's. So you have many of the same symptoms of Parkinson's and we can go through those uh, throughout this discussion, but they're largely movement disorders. And then the trifecta, unfortunately, with Lewy body dementia is uh, symptoms that are often interpreted as psychiatric or psychotic symptoms. A lot of hallucinations, visual and auditory hallucinations. So someone with Lewy body dementia really has a rapidly deteriorating cognitive condition, a rapidly deteriorating motor and ability to function, plus hallucinations, auditory and visual. So it's a really tough one. And who can get it? Actually, everyone can get it. Um, you know, hopefully through work that my company is doing and a lot of great scientists and doctors, uh, we can help people find it early and we can help them uh, ease some of the symptoms, but anyone can get it. And what causes it? It is caused by something that we're just starting to understand that actually is involved in all or most of the neurodegenerates. And what happens is we have proteins in our brain that go rogue. And what I mean by that is we have proteins that under normal circumstances are good guys, they're helpful. Something happens and a small number of those transform, just like the transformers in the movie or the television show. They're a good guy, they're a truck, they're a tractor, and suddenly they flip without changing in, in any other way into something evil. And the evil ones destroy our brain cells, and even worse, they recruit the other good guys to take the evil form. So, and the protein for Lewy body disease is a protein called alpha-synuclein, and we call these proteins that can transform prion proteins. So, that's what causes Lewy body disease. Well, that's not the same kind of protein that we eat to build our muscles, right? It is, but it is a very different form. It's a specialized form. Oh. Very, very few proteins in our body go through this transformation. So I don't think we have to worry about the ones we're eating. Those are very abundant ones that we just break down and build our muscles. These are very specific ones in the brain, and there are a handful of them, and they are bad actors. They, as I said, proteins gone rogue. So what percentage of uh, the dementias, you know, including uh, Alzheimer's, I don't know what uh, percentage of dementias are Alzheimer's or what percentage are Lewy body. Do you happen to know that yeah. answer? Yeah. So the numbers <clears throat> are, if you take a clinical diagnosis, and so given that I've told you that Lewy body dementia have this trifecta of symptoms, whereas Alzheimer's mainly have the loss of memory, loss of executive function, then somewhere 75 to 80 percent of dementias are clinically diagnosed as Alzheimer's, and about 15 percent 
are diagnosed as Lewy body dementia, where you have the full symptoms that we've discussed. So between those, you're at you know, 90 to 95% of dementias are caused. So the number one really is Alzheimer's and the number two seems to be Lewy body dementia. So it's not a minor. Wow. So 75 to 80, is that what you said for Alzheimer's? Correct, of dementias that are clinically diagnosed as progressive. So dementia. my mother had dementia. I mean, it wasn't diagnosed. They're very hesitant to diagnose, uh, you know, the doctors. They just say, well, you know, she has some form of it. Uh, it doesn't do any good to diagnose it because what good will that do? I mean, basically is what they told us. And my mother-in-law as well. Are you saying that odds are they had Alzheimer's? Well, odds are, obviously, if it's 75 percent, yeah and you tell me that there weren't the other symptoms associated with Lewy body dementia, which are pretty specific for Lewy body dementia. Well, you know what? Uh, they both behaved very differently. My mother was just a cute little cuddly teddy bear. Everybody loved her. Uh, she was sweet. She just, you know, she knew she had a, a memory problem, uh, and she wasn't uh, rebellious or uh, violent or anything like that. My mother-in-law, on the other hand, Man, she was a witch. She she accused everybody of stealing stuff, and she was calling the, the police every day because somebody broke in uh, and stole their stuff. Then they broke in again and, and put it, you know, in a different spot where it doesn't belong. And, and it sounds almost like, because um, she was always paranoia, and she was uh, got schizophrenic. One minute she'd be just wonderful, and the next minute, you know, she'd be somewhere else. If I had to guess, I would guess that that sounds a lot like Louis Body. Would you agree or no? Certainly sounds more like it. And until recently, we would just have to guess. But at least yeah. for Louis Body dementia, we'll talk later. But we have a test that's really accurate, specifically really? for Louis Body disease. And why are doctors hesitant to test for dementias? Well, I, I think that historically, it. There hasn't been any options. We knew very little about it. And so a test is most useful when you have some decision that can be made. I think that the, the landscape is changing. We have now the first drug for Alzheimer's, which is very controversial, but it's out there. We're what now makes it controversial, by the way? Well, it's, it was approved. Um, in a way that was different than other drugs. So it's controversial for doctors and scientists as to who should get this drug. It's very expensive. And so the time will tell who this helps. But clearly, by being approved, the FDA believes it's going to help someone. So having one drug that could help a small number of people even is a game changer. So suddenly it's important to know what you have because this drug yeah. is targeted for Alzheimer's and molecules involved in Alzheimer's and transformed proteins involved in Alzheimer's, but not ones yeah. involved in Lewy body dementia. So here, you might want to be sure which one you have, where it might not have mattered so much before. Other and reasons, there you go, You're, sorry. Sorry for interrupting. I, I'm, I'm thinking that the younger you are, the more important it is to know what kind you have. For example, I have a friend who was diagnosed officially as early onset dementia, because he's only 45. And um, 
you know, my mother was 94. My mother-in-law was also 94. It's like, well, what's the use? You know, uh, all old people get dementia. So is that kind of the reasoning? Well, I think that you hit on something really important here, that early detection, in other words, not only when you're young, but if we could diagnose these diseases before they have any symptoms or when they have the very earliest symptoms and we're still functional, then we have a much better chance because then we really only have to slow them down to get great benefit. For someone you're describing like your mother or your mother-in-law, once you have full-blown symptoms for a variety of reasons, again, we can discuss, in the brain it's very hard to reverse changes. Uh, damage tends to be permanent, unlike in many other organs. So once you have advanced disease, probably the best you can do is slow it down and you still have advanced disease. But imagine if we could find your friend and a lot of people like your friend who have early symptoms, they're still functional, and we could stop it or slow it down, even if we can't reverse it. So I think that's the importance here of early yeah. diagnosis. And sure, early diagnosis should happen more in younger people because Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Lewy body dementia probably take 30 years from when they start to have full-blown symptoms. So that's a big window. <laughs> And someone like me, I mean, who uh, my memory isn't the greatest in the world. I'm always forgetting things. I'm always missing appointments. I'm unless I write it down in my calendar, it it doesn't happen. It just disappears. I've missed off ramps, and so I'm concerned. Uh, three years ago, I saw this ad on Facebook for a uh, free clinical study in early dementia and Alzheimer's detection. So I I went, and I've been going ever since. Every six months, they give me the test. You know. And so far, I, I'm not over the threshold. And they said, you, you know, you're okay. Do these things. It'll get better. You know, I've been speaking on stage, speaking on TV, uh, writing books, et cetera. So I'm doing all the right things. And uh, where, where you say if they have symptoms, where are the symptoms different from just normal aging that you don't have to worry about and something like dementia? Someone once told me, well, if you forget and then you remember, you're okay. But if you forget and it's gone forever, then you got a problem. I mean, is that kind of true? It, it probably isn't that simple. These are really <laughs> complicated diseases. The pain with these diseases deteriorates in a different pattern for every single person. So I think it's it's a certain pattern of progression over time where it keeps getting worse. But that's where if we could have an objective test, a molecular test, and we could say, you are on the path, even though you have no problems, or to someone else, you have some memory problems, but you're not on this path. So the difference is really, what is the disease, and can we measure it at a biomarker or molecular? Well, does a CAT scan uh, be a litmus test? I even had my neurologist was really my wife's neurologist because I don't have a neurologist because <laughs> she had a stroke and she's you know still recovering but uh, still can't talk or walk but she has a great attitude decided to live with it and, and work with it but uh, she says well let's take a CAT scan of your brain just so we can get a baseline you know and in the future if something happens we can compare it to that and and she said it looks fine you know so yeah. what uh, can a CAT scan determine uh, whether you've crossed that line or not, what are you looking for? 
So probably not. By the time you would do a CAT scan and see a change, that would be a pretty late change. And with, with Alzheimer's and Lewy body dementia at late stages, the brain can shrink substantially all over in certain regions, but that's pretty advanced. I think that an MRI may be more sensitive, but really, you know, there are tests where you could. I think it was an MRI and not a CAT scan. Yeah. Come to think of it. yeah. yeah, and it's just a little more sensitive, but even there, there's nothing specific until you really have advanced structural changes. There are tests that you can take PET scans where you would have a radioactive dye injected that might bind to plaque in the brain or tangles in the brain, but they're very expensive and we don't know yet how predictive they are. So it'd be much easier to have a test that you could do more frequently, less expensive, and give you an absolutely objective answer. So we're getting Great. there. When are you coming out with that test? Well, <laughs> We have that for Lewy body disease and Parkinson, not yet for the classic form of Alzheimer's, but for Lewy body disease and Parkinson's, actually they're both caused by the same protein, just affecting different regions of the brain. And so we do have a test, it's, a, it's clinically uh, validated. We are permitted under a doctor's order to be able to administer this test and it's extraordinarily sensitive, and one can detect this disease at least 15 to 20 years before there's any objective clinical signs. So I also have uh, a couple of friends, uh, two different friends. One has, um, uh, call it, um, you know, they have some form of mental illness. I think one. Uh, might be paranoid, schizophrenic, um, he sees hallucinations, hears voices, sees things, and he's on medication to help him with that. Um, is he more likely, if he gets dementia, that it would turn into Lewy bodies because of the mental illness? And I have another friend who has um, borderline uh, personality disorder. Um, would they, if they... Uh, were a candidate for dementia will be more likely to get Lewy bodies because of the the mental illness um, factor playing a part in yeah. it. Yeah, you know, we know that there are a lot of people who are schizophrenic or depressed and have other, we'll call affective disorders, psychiatric disorders that aren't related to neurodegenerative It just so happens that with Lewy body dementia, we also see symptoms that would otherwise be psychiatric symptoms. So it's not necessarily... No connection between the two? Not necessarily. I'd say that there's not enough data to say that, that it's possible to have a, be depressed or have schizophrenia and later in life to develop Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or uh, Lewy body dementia. But I think it would be a stretch based on the data to conclude more than that. I think what happens with these diseases is suddenly someone's fine, and then for Lewy body disease, they may start to show fairly rapid deterioration of cognitive abilities, but within the same six-month period, suddenly shaking or motor changes or also seeing hallucinations all within approximately a six-month period that's, that's the best sign that you have one disease that's causing all of those as opposed to something that might be around for 20 years. And you're right, a certain percentage of people who start off with 
uh, hallucinations and progress to cognitive are going to be Lewy body disease. But I, I, you know, I think the data isn't in to say much more than that. What we can what, say. What percentage of what percentage of pay again? I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, I have I'm so sorry. much time here. What percentage of patients um, are going to get uh, dementia, some form of dementia, and at what age is the average age that you see them? Uh, the majority of the cases. Yeah, and so it's you know you we have to look at at various studies. First of all, the sort of neurodegenerative disease, whether it's motor or cognitive, goes up throughout your lifetime as we get older. So to a certain extent, whatever happens and it takes 30 years to evolve, the chance of that happening is there throughout life. Some people might trigger it in their 40s and they'll see the disease in their 70s. Others may trigger it in their 60s and you won't see it till their 90s. So, you know, I think it's fair to say that, so I can certainly quote studies from, for example, the VA system where they have good data and uniform data on every patient. I think there's data there that say in the VA, in the Veterans Administration system for veterans over 65, somewhere around 10% at any one time seem to have an advanced uh, neurodegenerative dementia-like disease. So, you know, that's a fair number. Um, in a population, it, that's the average over 65, but it goes up. It's probably much higher, approximately 20% above 80 and probably less for people in their 50s. But let's say for people over 65 as a whole, 10% is not an unreasonable number. So if you're above 80, and is that the last cutoff, then you only have a 20% chance of getting it? Well, you, people at those ages have it. And so, no, I think you, you, the, it goes up with age, but I think that you know, the longer you go without it, then since it takes a long time to develop, then, the, you know, the better off you are, for sure. I think that's fair. Have we discovered the people who live into their hundreds and have a mind that's sharp as a tack, uh, why they're different from the people who, who uh, maybe get it sooner? Is it the diet that we don't know yet? Well, it's interesting. Um, we don't know, but people are investigating that. There's, there's a study where someone tried to isolate things from the blood that were present in people who got to an advanced age without the disease. And maybe were in families where they had that, try to isolate whether there's an antibody or something else. And I don't know that we have the definitive answer, but clearly uh, there are people exploring that. It's a great thought, and I think it's one pathway to get there. The other is, that genetics are different, so some people might get it early because they have genes that predispose. Other people, other families don't have those genes that predispose, so their risk throughout life is less. And it's probably a, a, a combination, and again, I'll keep saying, these are really complicated diseases because we know so little about the brain. What about the dementias that are related to um alcoholism or that are even caused by alcoholism. Uh, how does that fit into the picture? Yeah, not clear. I'd say that when you're, you know, certain alcoholism, other uh, chronic use diseases, you can get damage independently of these pathways. So I don't know that 
we would put those in a different class and that is just that's a different type of damage but no one necessarily has looked uh, in detail as to whether long history of alcoholism may give an increased risk for Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or Lewy body dementia at the molecular level. So as we're developing these tools, now these are great questions to ask, but we couldn't have asked them earlier. Well, uh, thank you for uh, putting up with all of my questions, but um, I wanted to uh, take a short break and then we'll get back. We'll talk about Robin Williams, okay? Great, thank you. Anytime we suffer loss, we grieve. And a lot of people don't realize what even the grief process is. But it could be five to seven steps ranging from denial, I don't believe this is happening, anger, oh my gosh, I'm so upset this is happening, to a form of bargaining, how can I get out of this, to depression, which is a very serious thing because that often leads to suicide. And then finally, finally, after you realize you have no more control over your situation and you're totally okay with the new normal that it brings, that wonderful, wonderful place called acceptance. And we're back with our guest on the Caregiver Dave Show, Dr. Russell Lebowitz. And let's talk about Robin Williams. Um, was he misdiagnosed? Did anybody know that he had this? I mean, we knew that, that he got depressed, but all, all wacky guys like him, uh, maybe Jim Carrey too, you know, the guys who are just out there um, doing, you know, stuff uh, over the top uh, tend to get depressed when they come down, maybe manic depressant, polar disorder. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, well, first, anything I'm going to say about that, I'm, I didn't know him personally or his family. So everything is from the documentary that they produced and the articles they produced after his death. But it becomes pretty clear that at a certain point, he noticed changes. Uh, one of the common changes that people see with neurodegenerative disease, either uh, Lewy body dementia or even Parkinson's is your voice will change. You no longer have control of it. So actors and singers recognize this earlier. And so I think <clears throat> he was on this path. And I believe that some of his early symptoms were more motor. And I believe from the, from the reading I've done, from what the family has written, that he was diagnosed first with Parkinson's and that that it fit. He had many of the symptoms of Parkinson's, but in his case, then which were which so, were what? I'm sorry. Well, so Parkinson's has a number. They're motor, but motor can be almost anywhere. So it could be um, starts off with it could be voice changes, it could be shaking, it can be posture changes, and it depends what you do, how you notice it first. So often an athlete who really knows certain movements like a golfer or a swimmer they do well notice they can no longer do that with the same facility so that can be an early sign actors and singers often they no longer can control their voice the same way so these are early signs but there are many others uh, if we you want to go through the signs of parkinson's or we can do that later but i'm just wondering know, the specific uh, symptoms of robin williams because i've watched yeah. him through his career and i 
I don't remember seeing any changes in his body or his voice. I mean, uh, what did the family talk about? Well, I, I believe that they were changes, that they were subtle, that only he picked up. And if you learn to compensate, and so he learned to compensate. And if you don't, if your voice is softer, you speak louder. If it's quivering, you figure out how to scream. You know, you can compensate for these things, but you notice as the patient and sometimes the family will. But I think in his case, after the, the initial diagnosis of Parkinson's, then I believe hallucinations really took over. And I think really? that from he was tortured by these hallucinations and then coupled with a lack of ability watching yourself decline cognitively. And Lewy body dementia tends to go faster, be a little more acute. So someone who starts off with full faculty sees that they can't control their movements, they're having hallucinations that they're afraid of, and they're basically, they can feel they're losing their mind, they can't remember things. And so that combination is, again, it, it's, it's diagnostic clinically once you have all of them of the disease. But his started more with movement, but I think it's, it's, it's torturing to be someone that talented sure. and no longer be able to control your thinking and to have these uh, hallucinations. Sure, and I can, I can understand how someone like Robin Williams would be so critical of his perfection of his art that if he couldn't do it, you know, and he saw down the road of where he was going to end up and, you know, he didn't want to see himself that way. He didn't want his loved ones to see him that way. He didn't want the public to see him that way. I could see how suicide for him was, you know, an option. And we don't know why Anthony Bourdain, you know, we don't know what's going on with him. Guy, you know, travels the world, eats these wonderful cuisines. Everyone wishes they were him. And all of a sudden he's gone. Kate Spade, Kurt Cobain. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, if, if Robin was your patient, is there anything you could have done to not let him feel so bad about himself or depressed that he would not want to take his life? Would, yeah, would he well, have any hope at all? Well, you know, I can talk about diagnostics and figuring out. So, mm. you know, we could have helped early yeah, to get a clear diagnosis. And I think that now what a doctor can do is are several things. One, there are a hundred clinical trials or more going on in the U.S. for people that have Lewy body dementia. So, one, you can be proactive. So you could say, look, we have you have the molecular markers and the symptoms of this disease. We can prepare you. It's a torturing disease. You're going to have hallucinations. That's perfectly normal. We can give you some drugs to help with the motor symptoms. Uh, we can give you some drugs to help with the hallucinations. Um, we can give you some drugs to help with the cognitive, but this is a, it's a, it's a path that is, you know, you're going to have to understand what's yeah. happening and we'll get you involved in a trial so that you can remain as, as upbeat as possible. But I don't think you would want to say anything but the truth, but there are options for patients like Robin Williams. And in Lewy body disease, it is important because I believe it has a higher suicide rate than the others because yeah. deterioration is fast and you know what's happening. Yeah, and it might not have changed anything. Uh, Michael W. Smith, 
I'm thinking of the guy with Parkinson's, uh, the, sh- the actor, Michael, Michael, Michael W. J. Michael yeah. J. Fox. Thank you. See? No, no, no. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's being very positive. He's, he's helping people. He's come out about it. Uh, certainly took a different approach than uh, Robin Williams, didn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, his came on at a much younger age, and he had Parkinson's. That's very different. Even if it is the same disease, you know, Parkinson's, your brain also is full of Lewy bodies, but it's a different part of the brain than in Lewy body dementia. And so in Parkinson's, dementia is a very late sign, if at all. So you have an actor who is completely cognitively intact, but can't move the same way, can't project his voice the same way. So he found a way to be very positive and to help others and to help people raise money. And he felt that research and clinical trials were the best thing. But that's really different than someone who has Lewy body dementia, where you may have the same motor symptoms, but at the same time, you have these hallucinations and you're losing your ability to think clearly. How sad. Um, How about MS? Is that a disease that's in this uh, circle? Probably not. We know much more about MS and we do have treatments because MS is more like arthritis. It's an autoimmune disease. So while it's a disease of the brain, it is really caused directly by the immune system attacking a certain part of nerve cells. And it seems that if you can, the same drugs or variations on the same drugs that work for other autoimmune diseases seem to work well for multiple sclerosis. So that is that probably falls into a different class. So, and there's two types, right? There's the physical and the cognitive type. Right. Absolutely. And it may be that we'll learn more that certain groups of MS patients have neurodegenerative disease uh, superimposed on the autoimmune. Again, many of the diseases in the brain tend to be complicated and they may have multiple causes and we're just learning about how to sort them out and diagnose them now. I guess the real problem is we're living longer and longer and uh, our fathers and grandfathers didn't have to put up with this because they usually died before any symptoms would come up, no? Oh yeah, if you look at the 20th century in the beginning before penicillin, you know, large they numbers called of called it senility, died. didn't they? Yeah, well, people died of infectious disease, and then we got antibiotics, then they died of heart disease, and then we got some drugs and surgeries for that, then it became cancer, and now we're making progress there, and so now we're into neurodegenerative diseases as sort of the fastest growing diseases because we're living long enough, just as you say. So let's talk about uh, your research team, which developed the SYNTAP test for detecting LBD, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, decades before symptoms appear. Tell us how it works. Yeah, well, as I described before, these diseases, a large part of the way they uh, spread throughout the brain is this transform proteins gone rogue. And we know which ones they are. But the proteins, as in transformers, they may flip into a different form, but they're the same protein. So all of the tools that we've developed in for the last 50 years for looking at proteins would say that these transform prion proteins 
look the same as the normal, and yet the prion form, the transformed form may be one in a hundred thousand or one in a million, so you couldn't detect them. And what we have done at Amprion, along with some great scientists throughout the world, are to develop very specific tools that only see the needle in the haystack, only see the prion transformed forms of these proteins, and suddenly they glow, and you can say, wow, you have it, and you don't, um, where you couldn't have even a few years earlier. Yeah. So where can uh, patients, physicians, learn more about the early stage Lewy body dementia and other brain diseases? Sure. So um, at Amprion, and our website is www.amprionme.com. We try to curate the latest information from all sorts of sources. We have primary information as well to help people understand what is known about these diseases. And for those after they've looked and learned, feel that a test like the Syntap is right for them, then they would need to contact their doctor and to ask if this is appropriate for them. And then we can do this with through the doctor. Everything is done through the doctor. For doctors who are interested, they can also go directly to the site. We have a physician's page, and they can register. They can learn more. And then they can refer patients who, for whom they think this would be very helpful. Wow. It's been an informative time with you speaking. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, again, this is the Caregiver Dave Show. I'm Caregiver Dave. Uh, go to caregiverdave.com, get your three free gifts, and it's a caregiver support group. And well, thank you again, doctor, for coming on the show. And um, we will see you again next time, everybody. Thank you. Bye bye. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise. Like the birds will never sing again Keep breathing Take it in and let it out Keep breathing It's gonna be okay Believe in A power Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.